Welcome to Divorce Etc. hosted by us, the ex-experts. We're here to give you all kinds of information and tips on everything divorce. Plus, we're asking a lot of the questions that you may not even think of or know to ask, but we know because we've lived it, so we get it. We're Jessica and TH. Welcome back to another episode of the Ex-Experts Podcast, where we give you all kinds of information and advice on everything divorce, and you know why? We've lived it, so we get it. I'm Jessica. And I'm TH. And today we're so excited to welcome Gabriella Formosa, a divorce lawyer and mediator at Greenblatt Law in New York City. She's here to give us a rundown on mediation and how to know if it's really right for you. Great to have you here, Gabriella. Hi, everyone. Great to be here. <laughs> um, so let's just start out with a basic because maybe there are a lot of people out there who aren't quite sure. Can you briefly define what mediation actually is? Because it might not be exactly what some people think it is. Right. So the standard definition of mediation or the ones that I, the, what, like what I like to tell my clients is it's a neutral third party that is hired by both participants to help you reach an agreement. And that's really it. That person doesn't represent you. They don't represent your spouse. They're not there to be the judge or the jury. They're just there to help facilitate a conversation and help you to come to an agreement. And you had said there are actually technically different kinds of mediation. Tell us a little bit about that. Right. So it's more that there are different styles of mediation and people are trained differently and practiced differently. So, um, you know, one type of mediation, if you've seen like on TV, maybe, or like when businesses are negotiating, they might have a mediator who, you know, talks to one in one room and then shuttles to the other room and talks to the other or they might meet at first and exchange proposals and then do breakout rooms. So that's one style. Um, but my personal style, the way that I was trained was, it's called like the conflict and understanding model, which is really where you, fancy words, you sit in the room with your spouse. And so when I practice personally as a mediator, I have both clients in the room really at all times um, unless, you know, there are really, really extenuating circumstances, but we, the three of us sit together through the conflict, through the arguments, that's natural. Um, and so that's the way that I practice um, for a variety of reasons. But those are the really two main schools of thought. So is it common or is it 50% of the time, 50 not, that clients have representation with them when they're going to a mediator like yourself, or do they come without representation? It depends. I would say more people uh, tend to not have lawyers, at least mm. with them in the room. Um, we, as a mediator, I always recommend that my clients have someone, we call it a review attorney, but someone who reviews the agreement afterwards. Um, ideally, that person is more than just a review attorney who steps in at the end. Ideally, they're also a consulting attorney. Um, because even though I am a divorce attorney, even though I know the law, like I said before, I don't represent either person. So I can provide the base point of this is what the law would probably give you. 
but it's always a good idea to kind of gut check that and talk to your attorney because sometimes you need someone to say, look, I know that you want to get your divorce over with really quickly, but this is a really bad deal for you um, or, right. you know, something like that. So, and I can't do that as a mediator, even if I think that someone's agreeing to a really bad deal, I, that's just not my place. So I'm at that point, I would say, really think you should hire a consulting attorney. I really think you should hire a consulting attorney. So if you're hearing that from your mediator, you'd probably hire, and a hire someone. <laughs> when Tate right. and I were talking about this earlier, and she brought up such a good point because, and, and you're saying it right now, mediator is someone who's hired by both parties to help them work it out. But it's like, if you're going through an acrimonious or angry or, you know, vindictive breakup now with someone, like literally back up and tell us how is someone going to agree on that very first basic step of agreeing who's going to be the right mediator for them? Right. Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, it's surprisingly that's something that people end up agreeing on. I, they, I guess, both talk to, I, I always try to talk to the people together. Um, and, you know, I, I don't know, it, it doesn't seem to be, I guess maybe by the time they've gotten to me, they've already had the argument over uh, who's, who's going to be the mediator and who's not. Um, I know people do argue and then sometimes they'll each, you know, get a lawyer and that those lawyers will work together to choose someone. So, you know, maybe that helps the process a little bit. If you're in this process and you already do have attorneys, you can ask those two attorneys for recommendations. The matrimonial world is small. So you can probably, you know, they can at least come together and agree on a few names. Um, but, you know, it sounds also sounds kitschy, but like sometimes in mediation, I try to remind people like about things they agree on. And that's one of them, right? Like you both agreed on me, you both agreed to come here, you both agreed to sign up for this process. So we're, you know, already on, on the right path. And it, like, it sounds therapist-y, but it, it's helpful to people from a psychological standpoint. And it's for true, me, right? For us, um, I think we'd been to our second judge, and I think the judge told us to go figure it out. And my lawyer recommended a retired judge who was a mediator. So I think we both felt, well, I, I don't know how he felt, but I felt comfortable. I was like, okay, judge is neutral. It's not like a lawyer friend of his lawyers who's another lawyer in the room. So, and, and it probably wouldn't have made any difference, but when you, it, I guess it also depends on where you are in this process. For us, we were probably already two years in. And right, so my total journey was four years. Um, but all I think- the bells and whistles. I mean, we had everything. All your dreams come true. <laughs> if we, if it could be bad, we had it. But um, I think that I would have been resistant if it was a lawyer as a mediator, as opposed to a judge, because we were so far along. But I guess, like in Jessica's case, it was, you know, it, it wasn't anything like my divorce. And so I guess they come in agreement, then they probably don't need representation. For me, that sounds very scary to not have like my security blanket next to me and walk into a room knowing that I'm not going to be tricked. I'm not going to be. Yeah. So I think it really depends on your type of divorce to like Jessica, you would probably go to Gabriella for me. I mean, I think you're great, 
but I think <laughs> another lawyer on my on my payroll is scary. You know, it's but scary. That's so interesting because did you? I mean, I assume that the judge that you went to they charged a fee too, right? So oh, for you, well, it the judges, the judges I'm speaking about were in the courtroom. And then they, and then my lawyer recommended a retired judge to ask, act as a mediator to try to mediate. But yes, there was a fee, of course. Right. So for you, it was more about the idea of just having someone be a lawyer. It was like their designation. Was that the issue for you in terms of mediation? I don't think I had another option. I think he came in. This is who we're recommending. His name started with judge. So I felt like, okay, they're going to be fair. I'm just saying now, looking back, I'm not sure based on where I was in the process and the, and the contentious um, every day that I would have been okay with a lawyer. I don't even think I knew that lawyers could be mediators. You know, well, I just, because when you think about it and you're, you're going down the road and then all of a sudden you're, okay, now you have to go mediate. Okay. What does that mean? Well, we have a retired judge. Okay, good. So retired judges mediate, you know, you, you take information as, it right. you as you need it. It wasn't like I researched it, but I, I think that for Jessica and her situation, you know, there's more time around that and it was, you know, easier to communicate for me. Lawyers sound like, oh no, not, not another but one. I have a I have a, I'm going to continue with that because I feel like Gabriella, like, so you get recommendations potentially from your lawyers, you know, whoever it is, but so how do you, what questions do you ask a mediator? How do you become comfortable with the fact that that person is going to be impartial? Because I, I also different, I guess the, the other side from TH, like I'd be afraid, like, they're going to favor the other side and, and you, you know, like, how do you make sure that what are the right questions to ask so that you feel comfortable that that's not going to happen? Well, I think the first step is, and like kind of what TH, I feel like your barrier to having a lawyer as a mediator was kind of just like all these preconceived notions in your head, maybe of what lawyers are like and what judges are like and what the mediation process is like. And so I would ask, a meet any potential mediator, like try to explore those concerns with them. Like I'm mm -hmm. concerned about you being impartial. Mm -hmm. What do you do to, you know, combat that? So for example, like in my mediation, with my mediation clients, I say to them right off the bat, I don't take calls from one of you without the other person on the phone. I don't take emails without the other person copied. If you send me an email and you don't copy your spouse, I'm going to forward it to them. So, you know, be, you know, that's some, that's my practice. Other lawyers might not practice that way, um, but I do that really out of transparency um, and so that everyone can feel fair and no one's, you know, like getting in with the other person. Like I don't even, if someone's early to a mediation session, I don't even have them come in. I wait for the other person to get there because, you know, just sitting around chatting, you know, we're obviously we would not talk about the case, but just, you know, getting to know one another on, you know, a personal level, like, oh, you know, whatever. I like your haircut. What did you do today? Like that mm -hmm. creates, you know, an awkward situation for the other person who's five minutes late. So right. I would ask your mediator, how do you confront that situation? How do you take, do, deal with phone calls, with emails, with, you know, seeing people if someone's late, something like that um, would be good questions to ask. But, you know, then you also have to remember that even when you go to court, you know, you have a judge, they're supposed to be neutral. 
everyone's human. Mm-hmm. They have a judge will think to themselves, you know, oh, this 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 case again, you know, this client again. At the end of the day, <laughs> yeah, you just have to hope that they can put that aside. I, so- I think I think you're a- absolutely right. It's based on your experience, and when you if if you're not planning your divorce, like really planning it before it happens, and you're just like all of a sudden it's you know zero to sixty. Mm-hmm. Um, you just get the information as it's needed and it comes and you try to digest it and then you just go and then your experience is your experience, you know? So I think that it would be really great if people know about you and know what their options are. That's why I think this podcast is really beneficial so that people are educated ahead of time to understand that a mediator could be a lot of different things for a lot of different people, but ultimately you're bringing two people together to come to an agreement on something that's very emotional and um, kind of major. Yeah, and I would say also, TH, I think it's so interesting that you said that you didn't want a lawyer as a mediator because when I was talking to Jessica before, I was saying that one of, you know, if, if someone says to me, all right, like, you know, what sh- I'm, I'm talking to other people also, what should I look for in a mediator? The first thing I say is they should be a matrimonial lawyer. Because, and I don't know if your judge was a retired matrimonial judge. He was. Right. So in that case, I would say, okay, I would also recommend a retired matrimonial judge. But if it came down to, you know, a maritime judge versus a matrimonial lawyer, you'd have to choose the matrimonial lawyer every time. Because Mm -hmm. though they're not giving you advice, they know the framework of the law. And so, you know, you don't want to end up in mediation with someone who's not a lawyer, a matrimonial lawyer, someone who's maybe a different type of lawyer or arbitrator, or even a lot of, you know, therapists do mediation. But then you come Mm -hmm. to an agreement, you run it by your review attorney and they say this is what on earth did you agree to (laughs) this is not the law so that's right keep in mind I think it just needed explanation around it like if it had Mm -hmm. been presented to me that it was going to be a lawyer all of this would have been explained and I would have been educated I'm just going off a gut reaction like no more lawyers no more payrolls no no more you know no more probably not the only one though Hmm? Yeah, no, you're not, probably not the only one. I think a lot of people think that another lawyer, like, you know, at, at whatever cost per hour, right. but, but it, it's interesting, Gabriella, what you're saying, because it a little bit goes to sort of what are some of the um, perceived misconceptions when it comes to mediation. So what do you think are the biggest misconceptions out there that people have when it comes to mediation? Well, so along the lawyer vein, I think one of them is, okay, if we go to mediation, we don't have to deal with lawyers anymore. Um, And so we kind of talked about that with like, yes, you probably still do. You're going to want to. Um, I guess in TH's situation, it was kind of the reverse. Like you already had lawyers and then you had another lawyer. So in in either way you approach it, it's that, you know, you're going to have lawyers involved. Um, And there's a reason for that. Um, And then, you know, another thing that I was thinking of as a misconception, and this goes along with the judge concept, is that mediators aren't judges. We're not tiebreakers. People, you know, sometimes clients will come to me and the two of, like, each of them will tell me their story, and then they'll just wait, like, Mm. for me to say who's right or who's wrong or what what you should do, and, and that's not my job. My job is to help 
you two come to an agreement mm-hmm. um, and really work together to come to that agreement. I thought that out. part of what a mediator does is to say, okay, look, you want $100 and you want $50, so you're going to get $75. I did think that part of what a mediator does is like kind of decide who gets Make a whatever. You can ask your mediator to do that, certainly, but if you go into like a good mediator, you know, like what's that story about splitting the baby, right? Like a good mediator isn't going to say split the baby. A good mediator is going to say, okay, let's look at your concerns and your interests and let's look at your concerns and your interests and let's figure out a way to make both people happy, right? Let's come up with creative solutions. And that's something that I really like about mediation is that you are able to, you know, in a divorce, it would be, I want to keep the house. I want to sell the house. Okay. You know, judge, what should we do? The judge is going to tell you to sell the house and divide the proceeds, right? In mediation, you can say, okay, well, why do you want to keep the house? Mm-hmm. Well, I want to keep it because I don't want to displace the kids before they enter high school. Mm-hmm. Okay. Why do you want to sell the house? Because I need the money. Okay. So can we find a way to make both things work? Can we give someone a little extra money and have someone else keep the house for a few more years and then we sell it, right? That makes, that's not splitting the baby. That's listening to both people, what they want and helping them create a solution that makes both people happy. And you're not going to get that in court. And then also one of the misconceptions that you and I talked about, Gabrielle, is the fact that it's not always mediation is not always the cheapest route. No, it's not. And I feel like, TH, I don't know much about your situation, but it seems like, you know, maybe if you were in mediation from the beginning, it would have just been like 10 mediation sessions of screaming at each other. And then the process would break down and you would have paid, you know, however much for that mediator's time over all of those sessions. And then you just have to start all over in litigation. So I guess maybe that's what I should have led with, right? Like it's not necessarily the cheapest method if it's not the right method for you. So that's the key. key. You just said it right there. Has to be the right method for you. Um, And then I'm going to go back, finish what you're saying and I'll go back to what. I'm sorry, my headphones, they keep falling out. Um, But um, right, and so that's something that, but to say that it's not the right method for you doesn't necessarily mean that you can't be in mediation if you're a high conflict case. Mm -hmm. You can, you just need to, that's another question to ask your mediator. Do you handle high conflict cases? How, you know, how do you handle high conflict cases? Um, Because high conflict cases can be mediated. They really can, Um, but you just need the right person to do that. So I didn't, mine didn't end at mediation, by the way, we went back to court. We couldn't agree at mediation. So I really had the full a la carte menu. I really wasn't kidding. Um, So what I was going to say, another misconception is this may not be the end. Once you go to mediation, it doesn't doesn't work. You go in with the intention that we, we can solve this here. But it doesn't mean it can be solved there. So that's true. It, yeah, it's it, unfortunate it, and a wait. And and I don't think it it was everything. Fifty percent of it was now a waste of money. But I don't necessarily think it was a waste of time because we were able to hear each other in a different way instead of our lawyers speaking on our behalf all the time. Mm-hmm. So I think that it was good. Um, 
again, I can't speak for him. I can only speak for me, but um, we still had another two years or a year and a half after that before anything was resolved. But the mediation was, it. there are other ways that we could have done it, but um, I am at the extreme. I am an extreme case. So I, I really wanted it to work and I really did like the judge. And what was great about him as a mediator was, I think my ex-husband also thought that he really liked him. So that means we felt like he really liked each of us. Right, that's huge. Right. So you're saying they're not playing favorites, but I think each of us in our mind were like, he really likes me. I think he really likes me. You know, so that's, that's a good, right. that's perfect, right. right. Both parties think that he's got like, he, he, he cares, he's compassionate, he understands, he's being empathetic. So he's roping us both in, but in the end, unfortunately, <clears throat> it wasn't the end. It wasn't the end. Yeah. But, but it does depend on your circumstance, your relationship. I mean, Jessica and I, through this process, have learned that every divorce is a snowflake, is what one attorney told us. And it's the truth. You need so a special dynamic between both parties, between each party with you, right? You kind of need a little bit of a little bit of star alignment to be successful you do. now? I, I think you need that in any divorce. I mean, I tell that, I, I also litigate and I tell that to my clients, like sometimes they'll say, the age old question, how long is this, is this gonna take? And I give a version of kind of what you said, depends on your spouse, what they're like, depends on what their lawyer is like, right? I mean, 100%. I've had cases, someone mm -hmm. tells me, oh, my husband or my wife hired this person. And I'm just thinking like, oh, we're, oh, no. we're in for it, right? We're just in for it because yeah. they're so difficult because they never settle cases because they make mountains out of molehills. So you're right. They're in, I think in any divorce, you're dealing Oh no. I think we may have lost Gabriella's audio for a moment. I hope it, can you hear me, Teach? Yeah. Okay. I don't know if it's her Wi-Fi. Yikes. Well, I mean, just the conversation about mediation in general is so, it's so interesting and it's so important. And like you said, I mean, if, if you can't get through it with mediation, you end up having to litigate in the end it sort of sucks if you've spent the money doing it. But at the same time, if there was some value in terms of hearing each other a different way and being able to get information that you wouldn't have been able to get otherwise because it's just the lawyers communicating with each other, then, you know, that's just, then you, then you got some value out of it, you know, in the end. And, and that could be really helpful. So um, we seem to have lost Gabriella. So on her behalf, I will mention again that she's a divorce lawyer and a mediator at Greenblatt Law here in New York City. And um, I'm just going to quickly look up her email address. So if anybody wants to get in touch with her, you can reach her at Gabriella, G-A-B-R-I-E-L-L-A, at Greenblatt Law, L-L-C. And that's G-R-E-E-N-B-L-A-T-T-L-A-W. LLC.com, Gabriella Formosa at Greenblatt Law, LLC. And we hope this was a really great, um, you know, this is great information for everybody listening. 
We're so appreciative to Gabriella for sharing it with the ex-experts community. And for anyone that you know in your life, if you think there's anyone else out there who could benefit from this information, please share this episode and everything ex-experts because we're here for everybody. Be sure to click to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And please follow us on social media at ex-experts on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube. And thanks for listening. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to Divorce Etc. with the ex-experts. We really hope this episode was helpful for you in getting information you need and feeling empowered to get through it. And always remember there are so many of us just like you. Now please hit the subscribe button so you always get new episodes and please rate and review us. You can also check out our website filled with free resources at xexperts.com. Follow us on social on Instagram and Facebook and send us an email to let us know your thoughts or any questions or topics you'd like us to talk about. See you next time.